Welcome to Divine Throughline. I'm Ma Ananda Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt, and I'm here to share with you musings and perspectives on what it really means to live life divine. Thank you so much for joining me. Happy New Year, everyone. It's 2017. It's so beautiful to be here sharing via this medium of the podcast on Divine Throughline. I have a lot of amazing plans for this show in 2017, and I'm extremely grateful for all of you who have joined me and been with me over the past months, um, contributing, sharing, uh, joining our Facebook group, our Divine Throughline Facebook group, and also all of your support, your emails, your donations and your love that I feel coming through the airwaves. So again, thank you so much for your presence in the community, for your presence um, in my life and your part in my uh, own evolution and my own progression as a teacher, as a way shower, and as uh, someone who may have been down the path a little bit um, before some of you. My hope And my prayer, that is, if by sharing my experience and uh, my uh, traumas and pitfalls and how I overcame challenges and the techniques and the miracles that I discovered along the way, if by sharing all of that, I can make your journey a little easier, a little warmer, um, then uh, I will feel that I served you well. So anyway, thanks so much. So for 2017, uh, mother goddess, my mother, my goddess, I I shared with you some devotional chanting, uh, that has come to me over the break. Um, this is a, a new devotional piece that I'm working on. And, uh, I played it a lot, um, over the past few weeks, Uh, feeling uh, the death of the planet, the culmination um, of fall into winter, and um, always a very inner type of uh, feeling uh, during this time of year, which is uh, very strange uh, for me to be juxtaposed to a lot of social obligations and requirements to be out in the world um, spending money, uh, being very social and all of that. So I retreated, uh, to my sadhana, to my yoga practice, to meditation, to devotional chanting and to, uh, direct yearning and communing with my greater spirit. Um, so, uh, I was going to say that, Um, I know 2016 was a very difficult year for many of us. It was extremely challenging. And I think that we have um, a new level of awareness that is available to us now in this moment, uh, meaning that the wool has been pulled from our eyes (laughs) and that any illusion uh, that we held before um, that we were living in a, uh, a kindergarten uh, kind of uh, perspective of a beautiful world. Uh, much of that has been shattered, and it was painful. And I have to say, I could, you know, I shared with you guys, and I, I've said I could really feel the difference. Um, and the greater gift of this is that 
when we know the truth, we can respond in power, in grace, in beauty, in love, in courageousness, in fierceness, in right action. Um, so this is a beautiful time. It's a poignant time. It's a profound time. And I definitely feel in these times, this is a very beautiful energy that is holding this evolutionary moment on the planet. Um, so 2017 has been called a year of mastery and, uh, I'm really, really excited for it. I'm, I'm ready, um, to step into new levels of awareness, to dig deep within myself, to access, uh, anything that's hidden, to access any remaining, uh, fears or blocks or obstacles, and to really commit to step into my divine blueprint in its fullness um, no matter how that looks to anyone else, uh, no matter what anybody else thinks about it, um, this is uh, the year of mastery. So uh, mastery also inherent with mastery comes challenges. And uh, I believe that if there ever was a time to develop a spiritual practice, uh, now is the moment. So how do we step into a year of mastery um, and gather all the tools and the support um, and the techniques and uh, the uh, energy around us so that we may um, be our best, most authentic self, but really in the real sense of that word, um, not in a light way at all, in a very, very deep way. Um, you are going to scare people around you if you uh, take this, this charge, if you heed this call. And uh, we have to get over ourselves. We have to uh, have enough courage to step into the truth of who we are at our core, even if that is contrary to our families, to our society, to our community, um, and to the world at large, because we are the ones we've been waiting for. And we need all of us to uh, live in the full radiance of our true authentic blueprint, because it is in that authenticity that we will discover the gifts, the miracles, the creativity, the immense love, the immense beauty. And uh, all of this is extremely exciting. Uh, it's a beautiful time to be alive on the planet. Um, many of us uh, planned this time and that we have incarnated, in fact, for this moment in time so that we could stand up and serve and be part of the shift part of the miraculous healing and upliftment, um, of the peoples of planet earth and, uh, also the planet at large. So, um, I wanted to just go in and share, uh, what are some of the techniques? What are some of the modalities that, um, that can support us, that will see us through, uh, the year, through the years, the, the days, the weeks, the months, and the years ahead as we join together in this mission uh, to create a better existence. Um, and I would have to say the first uh, call is, uh, I'm being called to the mat. So I go through different periods of my life. I have a very established yoga practice and I can't emphasize enough the beauty of, uh, of 
establishing a yoga practice, of having a yoga practice. And I'm going to talk right now about the physical aspect of that, which is the postures or the asanas. And there are different times. Um, sometimes I feel a need to retreat off the mat and go kind of in and assimilate certain messages and codings and awarenesses. And I might feel a very, um, kind of, um, inward pull. And what I'm finding at this moment with this frequency is that we need to be fully embodied. We need our bodies to be very strong, very adept and very facile and very easily like easy to change and shift. So we need our energies balanced. Uh, we need mastery over our physical body. And that begins with getting yourself on the mat. Um, so if you don't have a yoga practice, if you've never uh, tried yoga before, um, this is the physical practice that is the gift from the heavens that will assist you in every single challenge you have in embodying, uh, and actually carrying out, uh, your dreams, your desires, um, your directive, your, uh, guidance from your highest self. So I highly recommend, um, that you find a yoga community that you just begin where you, where you begin, where whatever's there is fine. It doesn't matter which type of yoga at this point. Um, just get yourself into a class, check it out. Um, try it. The beautiful thing with yoga is that, uh, if you just commit to six classes, just go six times, you will have access something that will feel so good in your body that it will be enough to draw you back and enough to keep you going. A side effect of yoga practice is a beautiful body, a supple body, a flexible body, an alive body. Um, I often say that uh, physical yoga practice and also meditation and pranayama, but the asana is the difference between feeling alive or dead. It literally plugs you into a life force current and suddenly you feel connected, you feel held, you feel directed, you feel guided. Um, and it's these kind of awareness, uh, these awarenesses that start to bring you into the greater perspective, sort of the hawk perspective or the cosmic perspective of different decisions that you're making in your life. And, uh, this is why I say that I never give up a habit, but when you practice yoga, the habit will drop you. It will simply drop you. So it's changing your energetic resonance. It's taking care of your body. Um, it is a magnificent, magnificent lineage. Uh, find it, get yourself on the mat. You're going to need it. You're going to need something to go to, to stabilize yourself, to activate yourself, to enliven yourself. Um, the yoga practice, the asana practice is, uh, unparalleled. There's, there's nothing that compares to a yoga practice. So, um, I am actually, uh, I have recorded, uh, my asana series and I'm working very hard to finish it, uh, in the month of January so that I can offer that online to those of you that are interested in practicing with me 
and in experiencing my flow. So stay tuned for that. And of course, after we have a strong asana practice, or maybe not after, but sort of simultaneously, um, the preparation for meditation is asana. So the whole reason that we practice asana is so that we can sit in meditation, so that you have a body that can sit in a cross-legged seated position. Um, you have happy knees, you have a strong spine, and you have your sacrum in alignment with the crown of your head. And um, you are able to sit and uh, practice meditation so that you can commune and connect with the deeper aspects of yourself. Um, sometimes this is receiving guidance or messages. Sometimes it's just receiving rejuvenation, dropping into um, a pause, uh, getting into a space or a gap for even just a second in time is extremely expansive um, and rejuvenating. So, um, I have a meditation practice called Jai Seed Freedom and Being Meditation. And the reason that I really love this meditation, uh, and many, many people have enjoyed it and had, have had expansive experience from it is that it's an active meditation. The entire thing only takes about 30 minutes, but the first um, part of it is a humming meditation, which is a maha mantra or a great mantra, which actually creates a, a sort of like, um, stirring up. So you're stirring up, uh, emotional residue around the heart. Um, in the beginning stages of this practice, um, you may experience emotion and that is beautiful. It's designed for that to clear emotion out of your body so that you can drop to deeper states of awareness. Um, emotional disturbance is the greatest obstacle to to meditation. Um, so we have to go through those layers to arrive to the stillness, to get beneath it. So don't be alarmed if you have emotion. Um, you need to express it and get it out of your body so that it doesn't stay trapped in there and create disease, either mental or physical disease. Um, so, uh, the meditation practice also has some sacred mantra in there. There's a mantra to Ganesh, who is the remover of obstacles. And this, um, is an energy that we all, uh, could use some support from. So Ganesh is the elephant boy, um, who is spontaneous, playful, uh, fierce and ready for anything. He is the remover of obstacles. So, uh, by practicing this meditation, we, we receive some of these sacred mantras, which allow us to imbibe these kind of energetic qualities so that we have support as we go through our missions, leading us into our mastery. Um, and this, uh, meditation also has a sealing technique, uh, which again was brought to my attention uh, during a healing session of the strength of this practice. It's actually a vis visualization of merging with a tree system. And uh, this, uh, this sealing technique is very, very, very powerful. And it's connecting you to your soul's highest directive uh, so that you may be guided to receive uh, the messages for the highest action um, in your lives. Uh, the meditation also has a beautiful um, song, was the, one of the first songs that I, that wrote through me actually, and it's called Mother of Mine. 
and it is a a cry to the great mother uh, to um, bless. It's really just a blessing uh, of Divine Mother, and I, I wrote it at a time I was very disconnected, feeling very lost and very alone. Uh, and it, again, it it evokes a lot of emotion. It's it's a, a very beautiful song. I feel very very blessed that I was. Um, able to allow that to come through me. So um, meditation, yoga, and also pranayama is extremely helpful in navigating the waves and the challenges that we will be dealing with in 2017. So there are thousands of techniques of pranayama, but a very, very simple one that I teach and that I love uh, to practice daily is just Uh, 12 rounds of spinal breathing. So as you're sitting in a cross-leg seated position uh, in a meditative pose, you're going to take your awareness to the base of your spine and start to draw the breath in. As you inhale, you're going to fill your belly up like it's a balloon, drawing the energy up through the middle of the spine in the shashumna. And as you reach the top of the inhale, you're going to pause for a moment. Just pause and feel the gap before you then exhale at the same speed, a very constant exhale as you release the air gently and free flowing out of the lungs and then tracing the prana back down through the center of the spine. As you get to the end of the exhale, gently draw your belly back toward your spine and make sure that you are fully empty. At the end of the emptiness, simply pause and experience the gap. So you would continue like that, that's one round, and just do 12 rounds as part of your spiritual practice. It's extremely beneficial in balancing energies, uh, your feminine and masculine energies, as well as balancing all of your other bodies, emotional, uh, intellectual, spiritual, causal, monadic bodies. Um, so those are three practices that I, uh, I would say are absolute necessities for 2017. Um, they will assist you, they will help you and support you. Um, so I really encourage you finding, uh, a yoga practice that you can start to cultivate and please understand that wherever you are is the perfect place to begin. Um, Please don't think because you're not flexible that yoga is not for you. It's simply the contrary. Yoga is for everyone. And uh, just because you are extremely flexible does not necessarily mean that you are uh, evolved. You could be, it could be, but it's not a requirement. So don't think if you have stiff hamstrings that, um, that that yoga is not for you. Um, please um, embrace this practice. Uh, get in there for maybe six classes, like I said, and and uh, it might just grab you and completely change your life, which would be kind of awesome. So anyway, enough on that. Um, the other practices that I feel are very, very, very necessary um, for 
our new perspective and awareness uh, that we're living on a planet of extreme insanity <laughs> is to uh, develop a ritual space in your house. So if you don't have an altar, set this altar up, find a space. It can just be a corner of a room. Um, it could even be inside a closet. I hear a lot of people, um, uh, they tell me that they, they love setting up their altar space inside the closet. It's any place that you can, um, establish it as your sacred place. So, uh, you might place a rug there. Um, you might have an instrument there if you play music, um, or maybe some speakers and, then your living tea set, Puer Tea from livingtea.net, that's my favorite. Or you could get some monthly uh, donation tea from Wuda, Master Wuda, who was on the podcast. That's globalteahut.org. Um, so have your tea, um, collect objects that are meaningful to you. It might be a photograph, it could be a photograph of nature. Of, um, of a master, of a spiritual being that you feel a deep connection with, um, possibly some crystals, uh, some of the magical energies of the mineral kingdom. Um, you might want to uh, see if you find one that speaks to you um, that you can hold during meditation or place on your altar. Um, Incense for me is key. It's just the sense of smell can transport me uh, into a temple almost instantaneously. I wanted to take a minute and just mention um, this guy's uh, uh, incense, which is unparalleled in the incense uh, world. I, I usually love Nag Champa, but um, this guy's incense is insane. It's Fred Souls. No, is it Souls? Yeah. Fred Souls, S O L L S, incense and etc. And it's in Tijaras, New Mexico. Um, his website is www.fredsoul.com. Oh, that's easy. It's just S O L L. Um, I have joyous rose and I also have frankincense and I'm telling you guys, it's the bomb. So anyway, check that out. Um, also I drink, um, an amazing raw cacao latte in the morning. It's kind of my go-to it's my connection to divinity and my beautiful assistant and, and friend and, and dear soul sister, Leah, who does all of my photography and, works with me at Srimati. Um, she gifted me this cacao powder from um, Zen Bunny that is unbelievable. I'll um, have Emily, hopefully we'll post it in the show notes, but I highly recommend you get this cacao powder. It's actually laced with rose and it is a divine communion with uh, something greater than yourself trust me. So you have to check it out. Um, I use my recipe in the plant power way for that cacao latte. So if you have the book, you can find it in there. 
Of course, smells of any kind are really key for me. They instantaneously bring me to uh, sadhana, to a place of devotion, a place of awareness of, of something greater. So I use a lot of essential oils. Some of my favorite are frankincense, um, sandalwood. I love jasmine. Of course, pure rose, um, geranium in, in small amount. Um, uh, yeah, and those are kind of my go-tos. It's basically sandalwood, frankincense. Oh, you know what? In the spring, I love I love some orange. Definitely do love that. So um, find some of these supports, these tools. Um, they're sort of, I guess, sensory experiences that provide... Um, a memory connection to divinity, which is extremely important in our human lives. Um, there is so much interference out there and so much um, static and violence and uh, things that are uh, really drawing us and distracting us. So uh, to have some of these very simple elements, uh, in our lives is, is very, very, very powerful. And, and remembering that we're embodying the divinity in this physical human body, and we really need to nurture ourselves and take care of ourselves. And, you know, I got a letter from Jessica, um, some weeks ago, and it was something, uh, to the, to the, uh, point that she was mentioning that, um, she had the impression that I had an extreme amount of self-love for myself. And uh, she was wondering how I came to that awareness or to that state. And she wondered if I had always been like that or how did I come to this point in my life where I uh, was in self-love and self-celebration and acceptance. And what I wanted to share is that uh, I, I, was, I did come in with self-love, I think as many of us do. Um, as a child, I, I just felt it innately. It was natural. And um, I had a very deep knowing, a very expansive knowing. And I have some very visceral, lucid experiences from very, very young age um, that reflected my awareness. And then as I grew up and was in a culture and in the society and went to school, um, I suffered the traumas and pains, uh, that all of us suffer, uh, going through a human existence and particularly my childhood, the way my life plan, uh, was designed by me, uh, was, uh, that I, I didn't have a really happy childhood. I didn't have an unhappy childhood. Um, I would just describe it that I was waiting to grow up so that I could leave and I could do what I wanted to do. So it was okay, but I'm not one of these people that talks about their childhood like, you know, like it was this idyllic time. It, it, it wasn't. Um, I became a born-again Christian at a very young age without my family. Don't ask me how this happens. I'll tell you in my memoir when I write it. But um, it's kind of hilarious, really, to become a born-again Christian at age 11 without your parents. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> but anyway, I did, and I was I loved it. I freaking loved Jesus. I thought he was awesome, like beyond. And then um, when it was clear that you know none of my family was going down this road with me, and I was an 11-year-old, and there was going to be no no escape, in the near future, 
um, I just dropped it. And instead I used drugs for, uh, you know, the next five years or so. So I used drugs extensively, um, had a, a lot of promiscuous sex at a very young age, which was extremely detrimental to my spirit. I was trying to resolve my, um, my non-existent relationship with my father, which was also part of my divine design, part of my plan. Uh, so it was divine. It was sacred. There's no blame. Um, and, uh, and then later in my years, I mean, I think that I healed, uh, a lot of my father trauma with uh, different, uh, loves of my life, different beloveds of my life. And, um, I had, uh, some very sacred opportunities with some beautiful men that allowed me to uh, heal those wounds. Um, and, uh, luckily I'm married to one of them now today for, I think we've been together for 18 years or something like that. So yeah, I've had kind of an interesting journey. Um, it certainly hasn't been a straight line and it's still not a straight line. Uh, but what I wanted to share mostly, uh, by sharing this question and answering your question, Jessica is, that the thing that really allows me to love myself is this uh, connection to mother, um, mother, my goddess, um, come to me, uh, run to me, run through me, as I was singing in the devotional song earlier in the show. Um, it's this awareness, this ability to embody my devotion, to understand that I simply walk for the grace of her and that everything that I experience in my life belongs to her. So, uh, all of my, uh, triumphs, uh, are hers and all of my tragedies are also hers. So, uh, everything, um, that, uh, like for instance, if I am being judgmental of myself, then I am being judgmental of her. If I am being unkind to myself, then I am uh, being unkind to her. Um, so uh, it's allowed me this sort of neutrality that I've been able to exist in this neutral observer point, um, understanding that my entire life is sacred, um, both the dark and the light, both the traumatizing and the triumphant. Um, it's a whole experience and in order to become, it takes a life, um, and to be in a body, to be on planet earth at this time is a, a deep, deep privilege. It's a deep honor and one that many of us have, uh, planned for thousands of years. And so we are the ones we've been waiting for, um, this is our moment. This is the year of mastery. It's the time to step into our true authentic heart's desire, understanding that we serve a greater force that is outside of us, that is beyond this physical body, this dress. And that, uh, our service to this force, uh, includes navigating, uh, through some ugly stuff sometimes, um, uh, through some stuff that on the surface appears not divine or, um, not high vibrating. Uh, we have to develop the compassion to, um, uh, hold all of us, 
close in our arms, you know, the, uh, you know, the entire experience. And I was speaking on the ritual podcast some months ago about this new awareness of, of understanding compassion for fellow humanity. Um, and to, uh, understand that maturity, uh, is the awareness that we have been all flavors of creation. We have been the, uh, you know, drug addict, the homeless, the starving, the movie star, the uh, nun, the monk, um, and maybe even the murderer. Although this is, you know, very, very hard for us. It's probably the hardest one to really understand. Although I was, you know, speaking to Wuda about the fact that a few months ago I was still murdering ants. So, um, you know, I'm, we're all in a, in a level, in a process and an experience, but the thing that allows self-love is to understand that there is a greater force that is breathing all of us. And with this understanding comes the release of judgment. Uh, and first it's judgment of self and then it's judgment of others. So, uh, you know, uh, we really, there's no need to, uh, spend our energy judging people or pointing out, um, the shortcomings of, uh, those around us or certain conditions. Um, the real power comes in living a life of purpose and taking the right action and, um, uh, taking the mirror within ourselves, uh, so that we can root out any imbalance that is existing within us. And we all have imbalances because simply being incarnated on planet earth means that we have some of these very, very, um, I don't want to say like imbalanced structures and systems that are running through us. Um, sometimes they come from our own life. Sometimes they come from ancestries. Sometimes we agreed to come in to heal some of these things, addictions, imbalances, um, miasms. Um, so, uh, understanding that we all come from one force, that we all are here to serve and that by serving our authentic hearts, we can truly be a light for good, for hope, for miracles, for transformation, and for creating something completely out of the box that no one ever imagined or dreamed. Understanding that with love, all things are possible, and love is all there is. So um, this awareness, this devotion to Divine Mother, um, this is why I share with you uh, this devotional chanting, uh, the tea ceremony, the yoga, the meditation, the pranayama. Um, it takes a sincere desire to know yourself, um, to commit your life, to serve something greater than yourself. And um, I just want to mention um, that Rich and I spent a, a glorious New Year's Eve um, at Yoga West with Guru Singh. Um, I can't recommend his Instagram enough. If you're on Instagram, please follow him at Guru Singh Yogi. Uh, everything that he is sharing is a blessing. His awareness is immense. And uh, he, uh, he led a New Year's Eve uh, actualization, initiation, um, 
uh, meet, and I want to say it was like a concert. Uh, he's a beautiful musician. He's truly a, a heartfelt teacher. And, uh, you know, he was reminding us that uh, we need to get over our shyness, our niceness, and that um, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, and according to his timeline, um, he shared that we have only about 60 years to change the trajectory of earth, uh, into a higher, uh, vibration into one of beauty and life. Um, and it's a bell curve. So we really only have 30 years. Uh, so, uh, it's time for all of us to suit up and, uh, get serious about living the life that we were meant to live. And, uh, there is only one of you in the universe created exactly as you were created. And as Guru Singh was sharing, he said, if you don't fulfill yourself, then you will not have fulfilled your mission. So really, um, be you, uh, find where you are, start sharing from the place where you are today. Um, you don't have five years to get up to speed. Uh, you got to get moving now. We need you. We really need you. Um, so he was kind of uh, teasing and we were giggling because he was saying that in the beginning, you know, you're talking about truth and it's, you know, it's kind of true, but not really. <laughs> so, but it's okay. You know, you got to sort of fake it till you make it. And, um, you know, just find out what's buried in your heart and, find a way to share that with others. And, uh, remember that the divine is here is taking care and that, uh, there is only love, um, underneath it all through it all. And, um, I wish you all a beautiful 2017. I actually recorded this entire podcast and it was really amazing and it didn't record, so I had to come back and do it all again for you. Uh, but it was really fun even the second time. So anyway, uh, May 2017, um, challenge you gracefully, uh, to rise to your highest authentic expression. May you be wrapped in the arms of divine mother's grace and may you truly know just how immensely loved you are. Thank you for your beautiful presence uh, in my life, for your part in my evolutionary journey, for being on the planet. Um, the fact that you exist at all is truly um, a cause for great celebration. So um, I'm sending you all of my love and respect. Uh, and until next time, please know that even if no one else believes in you, that I believe in you to find your way home. Let's rock this thing together in 2017. Love you guys. Namaste. Namaste.